listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ live on a Wednesday, live in Las Vegas and live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Special day, Veterans Day here in studio. Steve Fezzik and Maddie Holt, former bookmaker, integrity guru and a veteran. And a veteran. Six years in the Air Force? No, four. Four. Yeah. Impressive. Sports batters listen for the money. Sports fans that know more than their bodies. You know, I always like to take a moment on, you know, the holidays that, you know, commemorate the, obviously, Memorial Day and Veterans Day and, you know, D-Day. And, you know, obviously, we talk about this being a great, great country. And I believe that sincerely. And, you know, would not be the case without that sacrifice and without that commitment you know, my grandfather, who passed away a few years ago, uh, stormed the beaches in Normandy. And I'll tell you this, the greatest joy, he, he was 95, the greatest joy of his life the last probably 15 years is he had a, a, a WW2 veterans hat. And wherever he would go, people would, you know, he was an old dude and it was like, thanks for your service. Thank. Eventually, he was kind of like Paul Newman, just kind of pointing his finger at people saying, thank you know, <laughs> I mean, it was... Uh, it was quite impressive, but it was really joyous. And, you know, we've got here at pregame.com, uh, he goes by Sleepy J. This guy's a double veteran. He was in the Marines and the Army. You know, one stint in each. I think he had two stints in one, but uh, we're lucky to have him. And just want to say to all the veterans out there and those who support the veterans, thank you for your service. All right, Jonas Knox in Los Angeles. And RJ, on a day in which we've got our three biggest games that we're going to preview in the NFL coming up later on, plus some more troubling news in the world of college football, what is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? I think we start with the just-released odds on the college football playoffs. Who's going to make them? What's the chances? And that Clemson being the third favorite is a shocker to me. Yeah, and this is in the midst of all the cancellations that are taking place this week. There is COVID concerns. Four SEC games are have been canceled. You've got Ohio State and Maryland. Uh, that game has been canceled. Others have been postponed. So amidst all of that, we do at least have some sort of a look at the college football playoff and the odds for it. Yeah, and uh, Matty Holt, you said the fifth game was canceled? Yeah, five out of seven it's up to now. Just unbelievable. Most cancellations we've had due to COVID any week in college football uh, this week so far, nine already. Some speculation that Halloween being not that long ago and a lot of kids, and, and let's be candid, it, you know, it gets tiresome for adults, this idea of the protocols or do this, don't do this. It's weeks into months into you know, six months into more, 
not saying it's okay, but saying it's uh, it's re- you know it's reasonable or understandable might be still something that's far from ideal, but it kind of makes sense that Halloween's a big day for college kids. You know, no, I'm don't get within six feet of me. Now, Fez, what did, you guys didn't even leave the house. Did now were you afraid people were going to come by the mansion on Halloween and try to like engage with you? <laughs> we just turned off the lights. So you, you did like you hid in your own house. We did. Yes. Like, did you have your head like almost like a bomb scare? Like you had your hands over your heads, like ducked <laughs> down, and and like did your little boy Johnny say, "Dad, I gotta go to the bathroom." No, stay, no. stay down, stay. I mean, how was there a lot of was it stressful? No. Just sitting in the dark all by yourself, was, that was normal? We're kind of tucked away anyway, so we hardly get any trick-or-treaters, and even in a normal year. So You're so rich, you're in a place that not even trick-or-treaters come by. <laughs> now, Maddie Holt, you got a brood, as they say, and your kids went out trick-or-treating. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did some trick-or-treating, and then we handed out candy. And it was our funny, it was funny, our neighbor two houses down, I guess, was concerned about COVID, so they actually got some PVC pipe and put it from the bedroom window above. It was dropping it? And, and when kids would ring the doorbell, they'd say, hey, get it out of the pipe, and they'd shoot candy down through <laughs> the pipe into the bag. And I thought, at least they're still participating and engaged, so great. I think that's the seventh sign of the apocalypse. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> that's Matty Hold. All right, let's go through these odds. The Ohio State University, yes to make the playoffs, minus eight, 835. So if you want to say yes, I think the Buckeyes are going to make it, you got to bet over $8 to win a dollar. Wow. Alabama, $6.70 to win a dollar. Or, yes. Clemson next. Now, Clemson, let's get into this. Clemson is the third favor, and they lost already. Fez, what do you think? How, how could Explain the rationale. The rationale is that Clemson's going to get a shot to go ahead and get the revenge against Notre Dame, and there's almost no scenario if Clemson runs the table that they won't make the Final Four anyways. And, and the reason we know they're going to get that shot is because the ACC changed their um, the, the way that you make the ACC title game this year. There's no division, so it's just the top two teams, which are clearly Notre Dame and Clemson. Thus, since Clemson was already a five-point road favorite without Trevor Lawrence and on the road, on a neutral site, we have to assume they're going to be about 14, and thus we can assume that they should win that game or have a very strong likelihood to, and then a one-loss Clemson will probably still make the playoff. Trevor Lawrence, the market adjustment was between what five and six points. Yes. The, uh, boy, that was. I guess you know the pedigree of the backup comes into play, but boy, if you're one of the best quarterback, like it's John Elway, Andrew Luck, and Trevor Lawrence, you would think it'd be more than like five, five and a half points. I'm a Trevor Lawrence skeptic. I don't know if it's been obvious yet, but I'll get into it as the months and years. I'll have years to do it. And then at the, <laughs> at the end of it, he'll like quit a week before the season, and everyone will talk about what kind of great career he had when he never made a Super Bowl. So you can't win. You, I mean, the Andrew Luck thing, it's very discouraging, to be candid. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. When you can be so right about Andrew Luck, and people are still taking their victory laps about saying how good he was. I mean, literally, Sanchez made more conference finals, I think. Wow. Think on that a second, Fez. Mm. This is straight out of Vegas. All right, so Clemson also had multiple three, I think, of their key D linemen, Joel Klatt was talking about today, out. Now, do we know, maybe Jonas does, 
Um, how many of those players are expected back in the near term? you have any idea? Uh, I think they're all expected back in the near term. I don't think it was anything long term. Um, and the fact that I, I also thought it was a little odd that Trevor Lawrence was still on the sideline at Notre Dame wearing a mask, but still on the sideline. It was, it was almost as if, oh, we're good here. I mean, as long as he wears a mask, there's no issues whatsoever. Fez would have had his bodyguards take him out. I mean, there's no way he could have approached you. <laughs> Next favorite. So it's Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, minus 250. So they are a clear favorite, you know, 60, over 66%. Yeah, in that range, right? To make the playoffs. How good, how good are they, Fez? What do you think of Notre Dame? I don't it was a nice win, but boy, if you have you know five, six points for Trevor Lawrence and it's double overtime, they're depleted on the D-line and you run, run, run and exploit that, which you should, but that's not repeatable to me. But can Notre Dame, here's the question. If they're minus 250 to make it, that means they have to be able to make it if they lose to Clemson. Oh, yeah. So explain yes. that scenario to me. Be- Who has ever lost a conference championship game and made... The playoffs. Nobody. Yeah. Hmm. So we're saying something's going to happen that's never happened before. And what does USC do into this? USC is a 9-1. to If USC wins out, Jonas, you're in L.A. Today, Joe Klatt said they get in. What do you think? Oh, man. I don't think they get in over Notre Dame. So no, you're saying I... a one-loss independent gets in over a Pac-12 undefeated champion. But this yeah. year, they're not an independent. They're okay. playing the ACC schedule. They agreed to be part of the ACC. That's a good point. So a one-loss ACC runner-up. Yes. But it's, if they go undefeated against everyone else and they split against the number one team in the country, Clemson, we're going to penalize them for going one and one against Clemson? Well, I mean, here's the thing. There's only four spots. Yeah. Right? So let's assume no one in the Big 12, right? Mm-hmm. And so let's assume – now, listen, if Alabama wins out, it's easy, right? It's easier. But imagine this, and I've said this once. Let me say it one more time. Matt, you might not have heard this. Imagine the following scenario. Ohio State's in. All right? Clemson wins. They're in. And then, uh, and here's what's interesting. Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship. And they both went out to get there. Yes. Okay. Florida's in. I mean, the SEC yes. champs in. Now it's Alabama, Notre Dame. Cincinnati. Potentially, and you know, let's say that's it. Let's put USC in the mix. If you got one spot left, it's USC, a one loss Notre Dame, a one loss Alabama. Jonas is a, a you know, I would say a Pollyanna. He's like, Yeah, I think that the SEC that they would actually put in Notre Dame. I'm like, Man, I've never seen the SEC get a bum steer from the committee. Are you still in that position, Jonas? Yeah, because they would look at their win over number one Clemson. And they would still wow. say that's 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 a better win than any win Alabama has on their schedule. All right, what do you think, Maddie? I think Alabama gets in. That's why this is interesting. And what's fascinating because minus six seventy, they do not have a minus six seventy chance Alabama to win out. No, no chance. I mean, they're ninety. Even if you're ninety percent in a couple games in yeah. a row, so. Obviously, these odds are a little inflated, and you don't want to take the minus 670 necessarily, but this is saying, these odds are telling us, and this is when it gets most interesting, and this is something I think we do a great job of, and other shows, you know, not as much, at least that's what people tell me, is 
the odds are telling a story here. And the story is Notre Dame has multiple ways, or Notre Dame is a pretty decent chance. So, Matt, let's say that 14 point spread, you're thinking Clemson, Notre Dame rematch, Clemson favorite is right. So, the money line implied odds say they're going to win what percentage of the time about? About 75% of the time, 80%. 80. All right. Yeah. So, we're saying there's a 80% chance from the Vegas perspective that they lose, that Notre Dame loses to Clemson. But they're still a prohibitive favorite, minus 250, to get in. It's saying it's almost a sure thing if they win out other than Clemson, Notre Dame, lose to Clemson, they're still in. Jonas? Here's the other reason why um, I'm I'm still not 100% certain that Notre Dame gets over Alabama because I think if it comes down to it, uh, is he hedging? Well, no, no. <laughs> this is this has been my only concern, and I, and I've thought about this the past few days. Is that I could see the committee saying, "Look, we've already seen Clemson Notre Dame twice. We don't want to see it a third time." And Ooh, there's the potential would, yeah. you're going to see it a third time in the college football playoffs. And I think they would want to try and avoid that, which would tilt the scales to Alabama's favor. Maybe I'm in the minority. I would love to. It's almost like Ollie Frazier. Mm. The third I'm good one. with it. Yeah, I, I would. I, that game was fantastic on Saturday. That's one of the better college games I've seen in a while. I would be good with it. I just wonder if they would look at it and think, well, people have got fatigue with this matchup. Let's try and avoid it. Has a team ever played a team three times in a season? I don't. No way. Think so. Actually, yeah. you think about it, it would be almost impossible mm. for the college player. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe the BCS they could have played it, but yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. Last couple of things, real quick. BYU. Now everyone's like, what? Come on. Do you see what they did against Boise? Cincinnati has the better case. Better wins. They, they'll have played four ranked teams, Cincinnati. That has to mean something coming from a group of yeah, five where yeah. BYU will play zero and they won't even play any top 50 teams since he's literally going to play so, four Bo- ranked Boise's teams. Boise's not top 50? No, not anymore. And they don't have their quarterback. Their quarterback, Hank Backmeyer, was out and... Here's what's fascinating. If you look at the really advanced computer rate, ratings, Saragin, or Sagarin, as they say, uh, the, the, uh, actually ESPN's got a good one. That, that football power index is good. Uh, there's a guy named Bill Conley that has a real good set of power ratings. They all have BYU like between fourth and like seventh. I mean, right now they're saying BYU based, and these computers are agnostic. They don't have any idea who's what, where, you know, jerseys or, you know, Alabama's. No, it's like based on what they've done on the field. That to me is a shocker. What are you seeing, Fez? Yeah, Boise. Uh, BYU is not just winning, but their their wins are so impressive. They just they really beat up on a Houston team at Houston that's borderline twenty five. Boise's a borderline twenty five team. They beat Navy like fifty six to nothing. So the margin this team has gotten against decent opponents is incredible. But they're behind Cincinnati. Cincinnati's right now. Right now, Cincinnati plus three twenty five to get in. Over three to one, BYU nine to one. Yeah, and it's because they're behind Cincinnati. So Cincinnati is going to have better opponents throughout the rest of the year, and BYU's not. So how does BYU pass an undefeated Cincinnati? Remember, I remember when West Virginia was minus twenty eight, and all they had to do was win, and Ohio State would have played West Virginia instead of LSU. With two losses, got into the BCS. So imagine losing a game, and that was Rodriguez. You're a 28-point favorite yeah. against Pitt. So when the pressure's on, you just never know. Yeah. So USC 9-1, too. So Cincinnati has almost tripled the chance to get in. 
the playoffs than USC. And UFC has a clear path to go undefeated. Mm. This is going to be fun. I like the horse race around the college football playoffs. When we come back, Jerry Jones is yapping. I think there's rhyme or reason to his rhyme. We'll say it that way. That's coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day store pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,600 AutoZone locations. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. That's right, Bruce. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. We will get into Jerry Jones, who had some interesting comments about his quarterback, Dak Prescott. Yeah, great day to join. And we got the biggest three games of the week we're going to be talking about, including... Baltimore favored by seven at New England after that debacle on Monday night for New England. It's going to be interesting. Also, Masters odds. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. We thank you so much for the support, and we promise to keep working to make this the best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas or RJ Bell. Right now in Las Vegas on the strip, 60 degrees, the neon is chugging. So, RJ, owner Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys, who I don't know if you know this or not, does weekly interviews on local Dallas radio there. But he had a conversation with them and said the talk was crazy to think that Dallas would draft a quarterback in the first round. Their commitment is to Dak Prescott as their quarterback moving forward. So... I got to tell a quick 30 second story about McKenzie and research at pregame.com. Yale grad, nice guy. He's a grinder. I'm starting to see that. He, he, he was about fired a couple of times, but he's, he's persevered. <laughs> What's funny? And Life. so his, he's first cousins with Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, you hear about it every, every 32 minutes, but still, it's, it's impressive. It's impressive. <laughs> So he goes, oh, yeah, I, I uh, interned with the 49ers uh, or with the Redskins, or at the time, the Redskins. And I'm like, oh, how'd that go? He goes, well, I had to move departments after three days. I'm like, what happened? Well, I was in PR, and he said, they told me the one thing you can't do is go on any media and talk anything about this Washington football team. It's like, it's not, you're not authorized to do that. Literally that night, he went on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And he was he was he was replaced the next day. Like he lasted like like six hours maybe because the first day was orientation, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I mean, Jerry Jones can't get away from the mic. Mackenzie can't. I mean, Jones, you didn't know you had it so good. You're on mic so much, but <laughs> but to me, I think Jerry Jones is there for a reason. Jerry Jones is a communication master. The guy, you know, think about this a second. The guy more, he's the American freaking dream. I hate the Cowboys as a Steelers fan. I root against them. Schadenfreude, baby. I want them to lose. I want them to suffer, not medically, but suffer a little. Well, more, yeah, good bit. I don't like them, even though we beat them, but we lost Super Bowl 30, and I'm not okay with that. Steelers don't lose Super Bowls, but, you know. Mendenhall. But <laughs> it strikes me that this is a guy that mortgaged himself to the hilt, bought America's team at their low point, 
and is, has spent the next 30 years living like a sultan. And he deserves it because he took it. He risked hundreds of millions of dollars of his own money. Mortgage. I mean, imagine that you're having so much money. You could throw like spend a million dollars a week the rest of your life. It'd be hard to run out because you keep making money on that interest. And he says, I'm going to risk it all. That's the American dream. And you know what? He's done an extraordinary job. Also being a power broker within the league. Jerry Jones is the reason effectively that there's a team in Las Vegas. If you read the articles written, I think um, Don Van Notta had one that was really good uh, talking about the, the Jonas, I'm guessing you're familiar. You know, Jerry Jones was the guy that orchestrated it. Yeah, and he was also the guy that orchestrated the stadium deal in L.A. because there was the talk that they wanted to go uh, in Carson, California, and then it was Jerry Jones who talked with the owners and said, no, 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 put it in Inglewood. Trust me, this is the place this needs to get built. So, yeah, he was the guy who turned the tables. The vote was almost flipped the other way, and Jerry Jones, after talking with owners, they voted completely the opposite for the stadium deal in Inglewood. Why? Because like in Godfather 2, Hyman Roth always made his partners money. Well, you follow Jerry Jones, you've made money. Forbes estimates 8.4 billion, but 8.4. So is he just jibber jabbering? He could buy that station and it wouldn't even like he wouldn't even know it. He wants to get a message out. And you know what that message is? Anything other than what's happening on the field. Right, So to me, we haven't been talking about the Cowboys only covering one spread. We're not talking about their fourth-string quarterback, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about this. And to me, that means Jerry Jones won the news cycle. Does anyone disagree? No. no. I haven't heard this anyway. I mean, what I've been hearing is they've been analyzing, well, if they do have a chance at Trevor Lawrence, they have to then sign Dak, trade him. It's like... Listen, he's, you think he's really like, it's a binding agreement that he said on the radio? He's, I mean, who has any doubt if he has a chance at Trevor Lawrence or a quarterback he wants? He's going to take him. Right? So he's going to do what he wants. He's saying this now for effect, and the effect is everyone's falling for it. I don't know, $8.41 billion now for Jerry, but he, he did pretty well with his Closing thoughts, Jonas. Yeah, no, it's the same thing that he did a couple of years ago when they were really bad, and it was, I think, Matt Castle at quarterback, and Darren McFadden was the running back, and it was the year before they drafted Dak and Zeke. They were a really bad football team, and he kept doing these bizarre weekly interviews on local Dallas radio, and nobody paid any attention to the fact that his team was 4-12. and They just kept talking about how funny Jerry was, even in the time of, of stress with the with the NFL that it was Jerry Jones making all these weird and odd remarks throughout the course of the season. No, again, your recollection on this stuff is a great asset. I recall that now, and again, we're seeing the same pattern, no doubt about it. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's so fascinating, Jonas. I was just thinking about how this happened, is... We talk about marketing. We talk about communication, et cetera. I think about you probably about twice a month. Whenever I hear uh, uh, Zeke talked about, 
and they always, someone will always say, well, he should just go back to Cabo or something. And I remember the time saying the biggest mistake he ever made was going to Cabo. And tell me the truth. Have you heard that a ton or not? Like, no. Like, or, or, yeah. People saying, yeah, is he going to go back to Cabo? He hasn't been the same since Cabo. Yeah. It, yeah. He, yeah. It's like that Cabo is one of the key points of his life, apparently. He should have went to Russia like in Rocky Four. It's like the Fez and Waik- it's like Fez and Waikiki. It's the same, <laughs> same exact thing. Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day store pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than fifty six hundred AutoZone locations. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas. R.J. Bell. This is the biggest bet golf tournament of the year. It's not even a debate. And it's the Masters in November. Rock stars talk about Christmas albums in July recording. Maddie Holt from U.S. Integrity. You know, we got a little theme song for Maddie. Maddie Holt, U.S. Integrity. That's about integrity. Step into the spotlight. You're in the spotlight now. You ready? Yep. Now, you made a great point about if you look at DeChambeau, who Fez has a shine for. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost like George Costanza when he was getting that um, massage. I don't know if you saw in the hospital. It's like his trapezoids. You see how big it—I mean, Fez, what is—like, like, do you—you you actually like weightlifters, don't you? I mean, like, you really admire, like, power lifters. <laughs> I do. And what I love about DeChambeau <laughs> is he was kind of, you know, I won't call him wimpy, but just an average guy. And boom, got out the protein shakes, rocked it in the gym three hours a day, and he's just become muscle-bound. <laughs> Tag it. Whatever. When I, he said, when he says crazy stuff, listen, he went, he has become muscle-bound. I mean, he had so much joy. And what's funny is, Joan, I think the first time he ever busted on you, Fez, because it took him about nine months to start. And then at one point, I was out for a day, and I came back, and I was talking about DeChambeau. He goes, you should, he goes, you should have heard Fezzik talking about I mean, was it effusive <laughs> or what? It was, uh, it was beyond hype man. It, it went from <laughs> beyond hype man to all, like nearly crazed fan of uh, DeChambeau. And then we started thinking about who's on the Mount Rushmore. We know Jimmy G was. We know Van Vliet was. Oh. And then you had to put DeChambeau. I mean, I, I mean the thing is, I, this, John Lee. It's John, well, that wasn't as much um, <laughs> from the heart, you know. That that was more from the brain, but but it was uh, it, it wasn't real sharp. About I mean, but it still was, was what he was it, thinking. It was also Looney from the Warriors, wasn't it? Kevon Looney. Is yeah, because he one? learned what real real plus minus was for a while, and <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, all you got to know about Jimmy G. Is you just listen to the tone of his voice. It sounds like it's bourbon, like he's drinking bourbon in silk pajamas. No, um, let's say nothing between the silk. I love Jimmy G. I mean, th- listen to it. <laughs> I mean, is it, have you ever heard that, like a, a, a man sound like that about a football player? Matty I Holt? think I was on the pod when he said that, <laughs> and I remember the expression on his face. It, there is some passion there. But finally, though, Fez, I think what it's about, and it just hit me, you used to look in the back of the magazines and see those Charles Atlas ads with the kid getting the sand kicked in his Sure. Did you? Yeah. And you thought, maybe this could be my way out of this torture. But you never, you just 
didn't get around to ordering the weights? No, I did. I just didn't do it till college. <laughs> oh, but you, you ordered the Charles Atlas like fitness program? No. Oh. So you just thought about it. It'd be yes. nice if I wasn't so wimpy. The concept. Didn't do yeah. anything about it. Anyway, so Maddie Holt, you made a great point about DeChambeau, his odds to win the title, the championship, versus his odds in other ways. Yeah, yeah, he's the, he's the largest, most overwhelming favorite in the futures market that we've seen to win the Masters in the last 10 years. Yet, despite the fact that he's such an overwhelming, prohibitive favorite this year, he's actually an underdog in two separate matchups. An underdog to Dustin Johnson, a significant one. I've seen the market between Dustin Johnson minus 145 to minus 160, and he's in a small underdog to Xander Shoffley. So it's interesting that such an overwhelming favorite to win the tournament, yet he's an underdog in both his individual matchups. It's a great point. And it makes sense because let's face it, Bryson has a 10 cup aspect to him. He carded a 10 in a tournament back in April. So the movie 10 cup, in which he was trying to hit over the water. Go ahead. Yeah, so Bryson had one of those holes where he got that 10, where he just kept banging the ball. Who's Bryson? DeChambeau. Oh, that's, you <laughs> yeah. call him by his first name? <laughs> yes. <like that? laughs> okay, go ahead. And, and like after he hits it the second time, his caddy goes, yeah, that one's out of bounds also. You know, it's just kept whacking away at it. <laughs> He kept whacking away at it. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. I mean, <laughs> what would be the analogy? It'd be like me going, um, let me tell you something about Ben. And I'm talking about the Steelers quarterback. You say, <laughs> you know, Ben, he's been throwing the ball funny lately. It's like, who does that? It's weird. Do you have a correspondence with Bryson? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Did someone slip something in your drink? I mean, did you did you have a couple of shots of bourbon or something? It's possible. It's my birthday, so it is your birthday. Well, yes. Happy birthday, Fez! I mean, seventy doesn't come around every day. How old are you? Mid fifties. Mid fifties. You look. I tell you this, he looks good for his mid fifties. Yep. I mean, there's not twenty year olds that have hair as thick as his. We're straight out of Vegas. Why is that happening? Why are is DeChambeau such a big favorite to win the championship, but not in matchups? Different people bet different markets. And the, to win the championship is the squarest market of them all. Oh, look, bet five bucks, win 500, whatever. And they love Fez and the squares love DeChambeau slash Bryson. And the Sharps are saying, oh, there's a lot of fanboys out there that like DeChambeau. That's got his prices inflated. We're going to fade him with the le- the less golf sexy player that doesn't have like the super long drive and all that. And to me, it's a great proof that DeChambeau's overvalued because they're betting against him in matchups where you wouldn't think so. Does anyone disagree with that? No. No. Okay. One other thing I've got is the weather. So it's supposed to rain a good bit on Thursday. And you would say that softens the greens. That's true, but it makes this course long. So to me, the rain makes it, and I'm not a golf expert, but I read like for the Masters and stuff, I'll read the experts and assimilate it. And it seems to be a consensus that the long hitters like DeChambeau have an edge even more than if it weren't to be cold. It's going to be cold the whole time and uh, rainy. Jonas, you got anything on this? 
I just wonder, and you were talking about the money that's coming in, and you guys pointed out how the you know under the bets that aren't getting the attention are the ones where sharps are jumping in on. And you mentioned you know there's fanboys that are piling in and betting money on Shambo. And like I've that, you've talked, yeah. yeah, well, you've talked about this before. It's like people when they would bet the Cubs to win the World Series all those years, most of that was just fans hoping this was going to be the year they were going to do it. Is this similar to that, to where he's got such a large fan base now that you're getting a lot of fanboy money, as you put it, and maybe this is sort of a peek into the future of what it's going to be like for him moving forward? Well, he has to keep winning, right? So if you think back, and I remember John Daly, when he won that first tournament, that first major, I think it was the PGA, it was a lot of people betting daily. He was, it wasn't the, the golf sexy, but he was a long hitter. And I think if you lose, eventually people get sick of it. But if you win, I mean, you know, I mean, Matt, you follow the markets as well as anyone. I mean, they'll stick with a, a favorite for, or, you know, a favored player or team for a while, but they don't have a ton of fans, don't have a ton of tolerance to keep betting a loser. Yeah. And I think part of the reason for the DeChambeau kind of climb this year is the fact that uh, golf, the lead up to the Masters, has been overshadowed by football. So no one's really been talking about golf for the past eight weeks. And all of a sudden, the only golf narrative we've heard the last 10 days is Bryson DeChambeau bringing the science into golf, bringing, how do you get more yardage? How do you change the rotations on a golf ball? Thus, because all they've heard is Bryson DeChambeau, that tends to be the narrative. Oh, I, I was going to give his theme accidentally. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. No, Great point, Matty, no doubt about it. And to me, the way the Sharps are betting the Matchups and one of the matchups is against uh, Johnson. And let's quickly go over the favorites here. Um, DeChambeau is the favorite, eight to one. Dustin Johnson, nine to one. Roy McIlroy, ten to one. Uh, John Rahm, ten to one. Justin Thompson, Thomas, yeah, twelve to one. Yeah, I, I like these, uh, like Johnson and Rom. Rom's minus one thirty against uh, DeChambeau, and Johnson's minus one thirty. Also, both of them. I like both of those because you know there's people betting DeChambeau that don't know what they're talking about. Correct. And I like it when people bet what they don't know much about. When we come back, it's simple. Three biggest NFL games of the week. We'll give you the first Vegas look. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. R.J., it is a Wednesday tradition, our early preview of the three biggest games in the NFL this weekend. And we get it started in the desert where the Bills are at the Cardinals on Sunday. And right now on pregame.com, Arizona is a one-point favorite. Baz. I could only look at Arizona, and the reason being Arizona, they won the stats against Miami, but somehow they lost the game. Unlucky to do so. The opposite. Somehow. It wasn't a shocker. How much did they win the stats by? 130 yards. Oh, my God. Somehow. Some miracle. <laughs> and Buffalo won by 10, but a big part of that was they were plus four in turnover. So Buffalo, fortunate to win by margin last week. Yeah, but here's the question. If they turn the ball over, you force the turnovers. You want that. There is a lot of luck to it. I get that. But you can't do any better. Meaning, so they if if you force a bunch of turnovers in Fez's world, you're never going to get any credit because 
it's like no matter what you do, you're going to say, well, they were they, they were plus four in turnovers, right? So is there any way for a team to force its turnovers to get crowded? Strip sacks. I've never heard you talk about that. No, you're nodding like a like a mental patient. I've never heard you talk about strips. I saying, you know, they're up four zero in turnovers, but you know they were warranted these turnovers. Have you have you ever said that in like eight years? Never. So you, Fez will never give a team credit. Matt, you're a, you're the head of the Buffalo fan club in in Las Vegas. What do you think? I, I think it's misleading to just look at the turnovers in that game and say that Buffalo shouldn't have won by margin. They were up 24-7 in cruising, and once again, a Buffalo team with a big lead in the game sort of played prevent defense and let Seattle make it closer late, but this was a blowout from the gate. 24-7 Buffalo to start the second quarter. Good point. I'll say this. You can tell when a guy's re- a team or a guy is ready to bust through. And right now, Miami, the two teams that played each other, Miami Dolphins, oh, oh, Brian Flores. And I agree with it, but you didn't hear any of it 10 days ago. You're hearing a ton of it now in Arizona. You're hearing a ton of it. Kyler Murray started running the ball very effectively. That could be a difference maker. They had a bye, and then Arizona ran the ball with Murray a lot more, had over 100 yards. If that continues, it could be a difference maker for Arizona. We keep it out west in our preview of the three biggest games in the NFL this weekend. Seahawks at the Rams on pregame.com. L.A. is a one-point favorite. The Rams had a bye last week, and I can make the case no team needed a bye more than the Rams. Here's a team that had to travel four times already to the East Coast. I think they'll really benefit having that timeout and curing their fatigue issues. Now that's good insight. Matty. Rams defense top three in seven different statistical categories, including number one in YPP. Yeah, I'm a skeptic on both these teams. I'm going to look to see who wins and look to fade the winner next week. To Sunday Night Football we go. Ravens at the Patriots. And right now, Baltimore is a seven-and-a-half point favorite on pregame.com. Ooh, ticked up. Yeah, and Baltimore, I don't really understand this line. Baltimore and the look-ahead was laying six-and-a-half. All right, so the look-ahead is a week before the game. You can bet next week's game. The only thing that happens in between is one more game's played. Well, what happened? New England looked horrible on Monday night. Baltimore, in theory, looked good against the Colts. They covered the spread. Yeah, and I really thought that that New England game, they easily could have lost that game against the Jets. If they do, I I think this line should have gone up to nine. I don't think it's... Well, you're saying if they did, but they didn't. Yes. So, what are you saying? I think the Jets so lost you're saying, well, you're saying New it, England won. Boy, he just sits there like the judge. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you this. You got a good point in the following way. New England looked bad, all right? And this is like how many times in a row... How many times in a row has it felt like this is New England's week? And it just had, I mean, the Buffalo game was the only game they played well. I'm a huge Belichick fan, but the Jets have not had another close game this year. No. I mean, literally, the other game they covered, Buffalo lost the cover by like three points. They had eight field goal attempts and no touchdowns in the game and missed two field goals. They only need to make one more. Jets are horrible. New England needed the win, and they could barely win. I love Belichick, but man, this New England team, big questions. If you missed any of today's show, including a look at the playoff odds in college football, plus a preview of the three biggest games in the NFL this weekend, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can find the show on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.